So last week, at the very end, I said, hey, I know it's 2022, no one does this anymore, but could you bring some cash next week? We have something in mind. And I know some of us are like, what's cash? You know, like, like what, what are we even doing? And so last week, I, I tried to remind you, hey, bring some cash. And then I think through the week, I put something on Facebook for, for other people like, hey, remember, bring some cash on Sunday. And so if, if you still have something in your pocket, you can go find Nick Ray and, and give it to him. Just so you know, we brought in this extra cash for today as we're talking about generosity. Uh, as we are going to place, I don't know if it's going to be an Uber Eats order or something, we are simply going to order some coffee from Safai. And we've been praying this week to bless this delivery driver, whoever this person is, that today, as they are out just what they think, dropping off a coffee to a big stupid church, that this big stupid church would show them the love of God and that we would bless them immensely and they would walk away uh, with a full heart. And so my prayer this week has been like, God, send that person to us this morning that needs to know they are loved, they've not been forgotten, and that we don't want anything from them, but that God sees them and that he loves them. And so if, if that is where you're at today and, and now you're the person that's like, well, I, I do have a couple more dollars or I do want to do something else, uh, then you can head out and, and talk to Nick. Um, by the end of worship today, we will uh, actually know that person's name. And uh, depending on the timing, you may get to meet that person. I don't know. Um, but we're going to pray for whoever that is. Okay. And so church, as, as I preach, all right, there's going to be someone showing up. All right. They, they may stay out there and that's fine, but let's be praying for that person and that they would feel loved this morning as we talk about generosity. Okay, and uh, listen, I am so excited to talk about generosity today. As we launched our summer series last week, The Gospel According To, and last week was all about kindness. What an appropriate thing to talk about last week, you know? Kindness, and we used Ted Lasso. I got a couple texts from you this week, you know, like, like listen, I work hard as a pastor. I want to point you to Jesus all the time. I got a couple texts this week that said, Pastor, thank you for the good sermon. I'm now watching Ted Lasso, and I'm like, man, this is, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I do what I do, uh, because in this series, we are taking something from popular culture, like a movie, a show, uh, and every Sunday, we're just going to break it down and find some gospel-centered themes in it, okay? And so, like I said last week, the purpose is simple. I just want to point you to Jesus, okay? The world has a way of telling stories and sharing ideas with, the, with everyone else. And there are so many elements of Christianity in it that we just want to point you to it. Because Jesus, he did this too. He told plenty of stories, right? These are known as parables. And so you should see it on the screen. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This is our goal for the series, The Gospel According to. So last week, The Gospel According to Ted, to Ted Lasso, we talked about kindness and uh, in the coming weeks, we're, we're covering just uh, a lot of different things. And it's going to be really, really good, really exciting. Uh, but these things are going to relate to us. So today, our focus is the topic of generosity. We're going to use the YouTuber and influencer. His name is Mr. Beast. So who is Mr. Beast? If you are like, uh, like me last year, I had no idea who Mr. Beast was. I don't even know what this is. Well, uh, I'll... I'll catch you up. It's okay. All right. The gospel according to Mr. Beast. Just so you know, his real name is Jimmy. Uh, like what a name. Okay. To have a name like Mr. Beast and your name is Jimmy. Okay. All right. That's fine. He is a YouTuber from North Carolina. That simply means he creates digital content 
He's creating videos, okay? He began making videos with little to no views when he was 14 years old. And as he did more and more ridiculous things, like he literally, church, he just recorded himself counting to 100,000. You think that's dumb. He had over a million views on that video. People watched this kid count to 100,000 and they loved it. Uh, Another video, he cut a table in half, like a real table, wooden table, cut a table in half using only plastic knives. It took him days to do it. And yet people jumped on it and they watched him. So Mr. Beast began to rake in millions of views and millions of eyes mean money. One of my favorite stories as, as I was watching a little documentary on his life this week, one of my favorite stories about him was the first time a large company approached him. He was, he was starting to, to get some influence and a company approached him and said, we want to sponsor your next video for five grand. It's yours. And he was still a teenager. Like imagine, imagine, right? Just a YouTube channel, okay? Imagine, you know, you're just making videos, okay? And, and a large company says, hey, we'll sponsor your next, your next video, five grand. He turned them down. He said, make it 10. And so at first you're like, yeah, sounds like a teenager. But no, 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 no. He said, make it 10 and I'll make a video of me giving it away, all of it. I'll give it all away. The company agreed, and Mr. Beast, he filmed himself doing his first giveaway video ever to a homeless person on the side of the road. Uh, He then took that man to dinner and got to know him and actually helped him in more ways than just financial. Uh, Mr. Beast would later say after that video, he wanted to make real change in the world, and he changed his YouTube channel that was previously known, I mean, he's a teenager, for recording his friends doing stupid things or counting to 100,000. And he's like, I want to make an impact in my community. And so he started using his resources for good. So this generous spirit took hold of him and his content reflected that as he would tip delivery drivers $200 and film it. He would ask strangers on the street, hey, pick a number between one and 10. And then whatever number they picked is how many thousands of dollars he would just give them and say, this is for you, go have a good day. He gave it all away. Uh, The first time he made $100,000. Now, again, he was probably 20 at this age, so he's not really responsible at this point, but also I love that. He made $100,000. As soon as he got $100,000 in his bank account, took it all and gave it to his mom and said, pay off the house. And I just think like that is just a really kind and a beautiful thing. Giving and being generous, it just makes you feel good right? And honestly, to see generosity in secular society, it is so refreshing. Mr. Beast seems to have a faith background as I've watched different videos. And uh, by the way, his channel is pretty wholesome. My kids love Mr. Beast. Um, He appears to have a faith background, but again, that's not why people watch. People now watch because it's so inspiring and encouraging to see people do good and be generous toward others. Uh, In an interview, he said this, you should see this on the screen. He said, positivity is just as entertaining as negativity. It's just harder. It's harder, but it's worth it. So today is all about giving. Today is all about generosity. The gospel according to Mr. Beast, he's just this Gen Z or millennial with a YouTube channel. And honestly, it's awesome. 
It is awesome to hear about the younger generation being inspired by giving and doing good to others that they make a positive impact. Now, our scripture today is in Deuteronomy 15. You can turn over to your Bibles for that. Uh, but one last thing about Mr. Beast before we read our scripture today. One, uh, I, I guess uh, there were tons of great things just uh, about his story, but there were plenty of parents who would watch these videos with their kids, watch these Mr. Beast giveaway videos with their kids, who got so inspired that they began just giving and giving. And these little even 10 and 11 and 12-year-old children began giving their allowances to homeless shelters and, and, and just being generous. And so I just, I love that because I think, it, I think if, if people can get around just this idea of generosity, I really think lives can be changed, okay? Uh, we're gonna see this, See what God thinks about generosity from Deuteronomy 15. Uh, And this is the same thing he's been saying for a long time, by the way. We're going to pick up in verse 7. The Bible says, If among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near and your eye looks grudgingly on your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cried to the Lord against you and you guilty of sin. We will unpack that in just a moment. Verse 10. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. So therefore, I command you, church, I command you, God says, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor and in your land. Again, if, if I had a tagline, if I just kind of had a big idea for today, if I wanted you to write something down or take a picture of something to remember this, then, then it is simply this statement. If God is going to give to someone, he is going to do it through someone. I am not a smart preacher. This is all I got for you today, okay? Like, like I, I just want you to remember, I want it to be simple. If God is going to give to someone, He's going to give through someone. So let's really process the scripture for a moment because it would appear that God is looking for people he can trust with his, with, with his resources, with his financials. Are you one of those people? One of the first things that we read in verse 7 is the importance of remaining compassionate. He says, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against the poor. Part of, of our story, uh, my wife and I, we, we spent almost three years close to Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I'm sure you remember the first time we got a tour through Detroit. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was interesting. It was fascinating. We really fell in love with the city. Uh, but the guy giving us a tour, I, I really do, I, I think he meant well. But he began to justify himself about certain things. And I thought, that doesn't sound right. And... As we're in Detroit, there are plenty of people in need. And he began saying, well, 
I think it was Kelsey, uh, uh, she asked, you know, something like, hey, so, so what does the church do in this case or, or in that? Like, like, this is such a huge need. Um, and, and I'm sure you've heard these things before. Um, you know, oh, well, we don't do that because they'll spend it that way. They probably have a job already. There are so many cases of people who come down here and they already have jobs and they're just stealing your money. Um, or what really got me, Kelsey may remember this, you know, they're part of a larger organization and they're stealing it and dividing it up together. And it's an underground situation <laughs> and they're all in it together in cahoots and so on. Um, listen, I, I am not some sort of saint. I'm not saying like, oh, and I get this perfect every time now. No, 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 no. And I'm not trying to demonize that person and say I am perfect. No, but my challenge is simply this. We are to give to the poor though. Like that, that's pretty basic you know, Bible 101, maybe Bible 100, maybe Bible 095, you know, just, just give to the poor, okay? And we don't have to know everything about how it's going to be spent. Uh, and I remember we, we had this conversation, I got to know this guy pretty well, and I had this conversation with him. <clears throat> um, and listen, it's, it's not because I'm so virtuous that I, I, I saw the error in the hole in, in the thing. No, it's because someone said this to me before. It's because someone challenged me on that before, because I had also been pulled into really an unjust view of the poor before. And I would make little justifications all the time. And I would even make it sound godly. Well, I need to be a good steward of what God has given me. You hear how, you know, it's a reach, but you almost sound like you're trying to justify it, right? Like, well, I, God's entrusted me to take care of my family and do these things, so I can't give to the poor. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I just, I don't know what to do when I read something like Deuteronomy 15, where it says, don't, don't close your hand, don't have a hard heart, right? Uh, because when we see the poor in our lives, let's, let's just reflect for a moment, let's personalize this for just a second. When we see the poor, what is our response? I, I will tell you, my response every time, my initial response every time, look away, look away. I, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about needs. Like that is my initial, my, my flesh, whatever. It is just my initial response that I have to fight against every time. Every time. I'm busy. You know, I, I got places to go. I got people to see. And, and so church, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that every person in need that comes your way is someone that you must give to and you must do this and you must do all these things. If, if that's where you're at, that's great. I'm just asking, are you conflicted at all? I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. If you're a little conflicted, it means you're not a corpse. It means that I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It means that you're just trying to sift through some stuff yourself and, and think, is this something I need to step into? Is this a need that I need to actually see right now? <clears throat> because what I am saying simply is this. I think there should be some sort of prayer. I, I think there should be some sort of discernment from the Holy Spirit. I think that is evidence of compassion and that's evidence of God's work in your life that we not, that we refuse to harden our hearts. And you know, God uses the best things to speak to me. And when it comes to generosity, when it comes to giving, he often uses my children. Uh, one of my kids in particular, he actually keeps his bag of money in our van and every single time we come to a red light, he's, we, we hear the change bag, you know, we like hear him getting through and we just know what's coming. So we go ahead and start to put the window down, you know, cause like we know he's just so generous and he wants other people to have things. And it's so sweet. Um, and 
I mean, just to, Jesus said it better than I could. Matthew 18, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I may not always be ready to give, but, but my kids are. And I recognize and even want that sort of, of faith. And, and it compels me to grow in my faith. If God is going to give to someone, he's going to do it through someone. Keep your compassion and avoid having a hard heart. Uh, let's, let's, let's go back to verse 9 here. Uh, the Bible says, Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart. And you say the seventh year, the year of release, is near. Uh, you know, and you get selfish, right? And you don't want to give. And the Lord says, no, don't do that. And, and you could be guilty of sin. Okay, let, let's talk about this for a second. <clears throat> this is pertained to indentured servants. This isn't about uh, slavery in the antebellum South. But, but back then, men or women, they would sell themselves to their creditor who would then who they would then pay back. They worked as a servant and agreed to a contract where they would work off their debt over time. It helped the local economy and it helped the individual in debt. What is happening here, if you read the first part of Deuteronomy 15, is that these servants were always released. The servants were always released in the seventh year regardless if they were actually finished paying off their debt. They were released and debt-free. Just imagine the millennials and Gen Zers right now wishing colleges would do that. I would go back and work at a college? Six years? Heck yeah, that'd be great. <clears throat> so with this context in mind, verse 9 is saying, as a servant approaches this year of release, maybe it's almost year 7, Deuteronomy 15 is saying, don't hold back because you know they're about to be released. Be generous. Give to them. Man, it's like God knew all the excuses that we would still come up with, right? Well, they're about to be released. They're about to have their debts forgiven. I don't have to give to them. They're about to have their complete freedom back. God says, no, doesn't matter. Keep your compassion and give. Do not be stingy. Do not get a hard heart. Keep your hands open. It doesn't matter if they're about to be released. It doesn't matter how you think they might be doing. Is God moving on your heart to give to someone? Now, selfishness doesn't just affect me. I know it affects all of us, okay? And we all have some motivation for it. And one of those motivations can be a scarcity mentality. And a scarcity mentality can enter in whether you are wealthy or poor or somewhere in between. Uh, a scarcity mentality is usually handed to us, just so you know the psychology behind this. A scarcity mentality is simply that you don't have enough, no matter what. I don't have enough. And that is typically handed to you from your family of origin or people in authority over you when you were younger. And so sometimes it can come, come, come out like this, you know, like, well, I already don't make enough. I have to afford this or that. Or giving and generosity, you know, that's for people with money. And so, listen, I have, I have been there and I have made those excuses before as well. I was a broke college student, but God got a hold of my heart. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. But I still wrongly believed giving and generosity was for grown-ups. I was 21. And I was like, that's for grown-ups, you know? 
Not for me, that's for adults, real adults, not broke college students. Uh, I don't quite remember the teaching that I sat under this Sunday. It was a bigger church in, in Lexington. I don't remember the pastor. I don't remember the story he used. I don't remember the Bible verses, but the Sunday night we were there and it came time and he was talking about generosity and, and the church sent baskets around a second time. And I know some of us are a little jaded and we're like, yeah, typical church, of course. Gotta get their money, right? But no, they actually encouraged people to give $1. They said, $1, give $1, maybe a couple of dollars, but, but keep it low. Give $1, and by the end of the service today, we are going to give it to someone in need. And, and there were a couple thousand of us there, you know, and I remember when the basket came through, I, I put like a couple of dollars, you know, on it. But, but in that moment, just, it was this powerful moment for me because I, I felt like God really got a hold of my heart. And I started to recognize that anything I do have, even though I, <clears throat> I had very little, anything I do have is a gift from God. This isn't mine to be hoarded and kept back, but this is mine to simply give back. God has been so generous to me. I'm a broke college kid, but what I do have has been gifted to me. These things are still a gift. This isn't mine. I get to give back. Giving isn't just for the rich. However you would define that anyway. Like, like that's such a weird term, you know. Giving isn't just for the established. Whatever that means, okay. Giving isn't just for the older generation. Giving is for me. Giving is for me. This isn't just some obligation that God demands, but giving, it changes lives. And I am called to be used by God to see lives changed. We don't give and be generous just because someone else needs it. We give and are generous because we need it. We need it. If God is going to give to someone, he's going to give through someone. Why not you? Why not us? I just think there's this stigma around churches and money. Or like me in, in college, you see giving and generosity as a stage of life that one day, you know, you'll get to it. Um, generosity is not a stage of life that we aspire toward, but generosity is a spirit we choose to carry every single day. This isn't about, oh, well, money's tight. One day when the car is paid off. Money is tight. So one day when we're debt free. Or one day when we have kids, one day when I'm in a different career, one day when this, one day when that. Church, one day will never come. You recognize that, right? One day will simply never come. You don't wait around for the right day, but listen to the voice of God telling you today is the day, not tomorrow. That today is the day. Today is the day that we embrace compassion and we release our hard hearts. We release our excuses and we ask God to help us lose the hardness of heart and and embrace the compassion and mercy that he gives to us because we are all capable of being stingy and we're all capable of justifying it. But we have to resist that. And so for me, again, just being a broke college student, I began to give smaller amounts because it's all I had. You know, I was like, well, listen, I, Jesus can multiply fish and loaves. He can he can multiply $5.13, you know, like, like, praise God, here I am on Sunday, you know, um, th this is all I could do, you know, but, but it, 
it's, it's, it's what I wanted to do. <clears throat> but listen, there were certain things that came up that I, I would, if I'm being honest, I would rather give to, you know? Like, like in, in this setting, you kind of look around, oh, okay, a lot of people give, this is probably good and fine. Like, like even then, in, in that church at that time, I looked around and I was like, come on, what, what difference is this really making? I need to get a new Bible anyway. Because I had this old, I, I had this old Bible and uh, I brought it today, actually. Uh, I couldn't believe I found it. And uh, it was getting pretty worn out. And I had had it for years and years. And uh, it's an old King James Bible. And so you knew, you, you just know I was suffering, like trying to read that. But I was growing with God. And, and I just, uh, I wanted to save up money for a new Bible. And, and part of me was like, come on, that's a godly thing to want a new Bible. Can't I just skip giving for a month to get a new Bible? Like, God, are you going to be mad at me for that? Um, and I just never felt released to stop giving to my local church. So I just kept at it. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm, I'm just going to make the most of my King James Bible. In case you don't know, uh, King James English, it's like Shakespeare meets the Bible. Like you can't really understand it. Um, but it's there, right? And so I, I stuck with this Bible for some time. And it was getting worn out and it's just full of all my old notes and, and all these old tickets and, you know, so much is like highlighted and torn apart and everything. Um, and it's kind of a, a cool thing to still have today. But I was wanting to get a new Bible. I was wanting to get something that actually spoke English to me, you know, like it just, I, I just thought like this, this would be nice. Um, but I kid you not, I, I remember this, this went on for a month or two. Of, of just wanting to actually buy a Bible with my money and, instead of giving. Um, but I just stayed with it, and I, and I, and I just kept giving. And uh, I, I go to church one morning, and a man approaches me with a bag, and he says, I can't say who this is from. They just want you to know they see you growing with God, and they are so proud of you. And, come on, you know, you know me, I gotta I got got show you. And uh, out of the bag came this big, beautiful ESV. That's even a little beat up now. Uh, but this huge ESV study Bible. This, this thing, I remember at Lifeway, it was like 60 bucks, you know, and that was on sale. And, I, and, that's, the, and that's what I was hoping to get. And I pulled this out of the bag and I just started crying, you know, because I just thought like, God sees the smallest, silliest thing. He just sees, in the grand scheme of things, something so insignificant. Like, I have a Bible. But he just sees the smallest, most insignificant thing. If God is going to give to someone, he's going to give through someone. I preach today, and I, and I look out over at our church, and I just see generous people. I see some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. People who have really taken the spirit to heart. I want to finish with our text from Deuteronomy 15. Uh, let's, go, let's go back to verse 10. Uh, the Bible says, You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and all that you undertake. Verse 11, for there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, to the poor in your land. 
Just two things I want to pull from that immediately. <clears throat> Number one, the poor will always be with us. They will be here. Is that an obstacle? In some ways, yes. But is it an opportunity? Easily, yes. It's an opportunity for us to be generous, to give. But then the second thing I want to say, just from the Bible, when you give, the Lord will bless your work. That's not prosperity. That's God. That's, that's, that's being generous. And I've seen it for myself as God has worked like never before in my life through giving. And people want to see that. People are inspired by generosity. Mr. Beast has one of the largest platforms on YouTube because he helps others through his generosity. And people love to see things changed. If we want to see real change take place in the lives of others, we must prioritize God and what he says about our lives and our generosity toward others. I know this isn't a math class, but I just have some very important numbers for you that I think I even shared before, but these are still just some of the most important things I wanna share with you. These are just some words in the Bible. Did you know that believe is in the Bible 272 times? That's a pretty big word, right? 272 times, believe. That's, that's a huge word. Pray, that's another huge word. It is in the Bible 371 times. Love, come on, we talk about love all the time. God is love. Love is in the Bible 714 times. Now, depending on translation, okay? I, I do wanna throw that out there. Come on, like, give me some grace here, okay? Plus or minus 10 on either side. But now look at the word give. Over 2,000 times, the word give is in the Bible. Because God wants us to give, give of our time, give of our energy, give of our money, give of our grace, give ourselves a way to give and be generous toward others. The Christian life is about sacrifice, not comfort. It's about looking out for those in need, not ignoring them because it makes you uncomfortable, not ignoring them because you have places to go and people to see. Following Jesus is about giving and giving with compassionate hearts, giving generously. I don't know if God has a love language or not, but if he did, I think you'd be giving. I think you'd be giving to him, worshiping him. I think giving is the most obvious way of love. Giving to others, giving grace when people don't deserve it, giving time when you don't have any, giving encouragement when you don't feel like it. Who could you give to this week? Let's go beyond financial giving. Who could you give to this week? Who could you give a phone call to this week? Who could, who could you spend some time with this week? Who could you encourage this week? Who, who just needs a quick note? I'm not saying you got to put a $50 bag, $50 Bible in a bag and then put a note in it. Just how about a note that just says, Hey, I see this in you. I'm proud of you. Keep focusing on God. Keep chasing God because he's gonna use you, because he's using you. Who could we give to this week? This is what is so phenomenal about generosity, uh, is that we can use it to point people to God because God has been so generous to us. And this is just, I think, one of the easiest scriptures of all time that talks about generosity. I think we all even have it memorized. Maybe even King James English, we have this thing memorized. And it is the most generous verse in all of the Bible. 
John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. For who? The world. He gave his only son and that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have eternal life. And maybe you've never understood that verse fully before, but I just, I just, I, I, I appeal to you. I, I beg you to just consider the love of God is for you and that he loves you so much that he allowed his son Jesus to die in your place, in the place that, that, that you deserve to die. He put Jesus there, meaning you are no longer defined by your failures. You're no longer defined by your mistakes, but you are instead defined by the love of Christ. I want to invite our worship team back up because I just want to enter into this this generous moment where God has just been so good to us. He has been so good to us. Even if your week, your month, whatever, seems to be down here, what could you look around your life and be grateful for? What could you look around your life and say, you know, God has been good. I have friendships. God has been good. I got people in my life. God has been good. I am not on the street. God has been good. I'm debt free. God has been good. What in your life could you look at and say, God has just been so good. This, this isn't an appeal to then like, all right, church, now we're going to send the baskets in and you give some more now that you feel generous. No, I want you to go out there and be generous. I, don't, I want you to go out there in the community and give because it's, it's the love of Jesus that changes everything. And Jesus said himself, this is how people will know you are my disciples, that you would have love for one another, that you would have love for one another. God has been good to us. I think we could change the world if we're just good to each other. If we point people to Jesus, they don't have to believe everything we believe. They don't have to think everything that you think. Could we just introduce you to Jesus today? If you wouldn't mind to please stand, I want to pray for us as, as we go back into worship. Uh, Heavenly Father, I, I just pray right now for those who are seeking, those who are questioning, those who are struggling. <clears throat> those who are heavy today. They feel heavy. They feel burdened. They feel like they're not making a difference. They feel like they're stuck. God, I just, I see a release coming. I just get this image. I get this image of you coming alongside someone this morning. And you're telling them, give that to me. That they don't have to carry this anymore. They don't have to be weighed down by this anymore. But that you are willing to take that for them. That's what you did on the cross. You took our sin. You took our failures. You, you took our mistakes. Because you're generous. Because you're loving. We are eternally grateful for that gift. 
But God, even more than that, even more, if that weren't enough, even more, you still see us right now and as we are. And you want us to come to you. Not to beat us up and not to condemn us, but to raise us up. So Father, I pray. I pray today would be a day of difference, a, a day where, where someone decides to cross over, where someone decides to let go of these failures and burdens and feelings that they'll never be enough, that they'll never really do anything, that they would give all these things over to you, God. Today is that day. Because you are so good to us. You are so generous. You are so loving to us. So, Father, we give, we give these things to you. Whatever it is that we came in burdened by this morning, Father, I pray that we would give these things to you right now. We would just feel that weight being lifted. We'd feel like we could breathe for the first time. We just feel your peace and your presence in our hearts right now. Heavenly Father, as, as we sing and we worship, we reflect. Speak to us, God. We say, come Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>